Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life, so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel, and ladies, I have a question for you. Are you tired of feeling like you're the one putting in all the effort to make your relationships work? Then go to speakingofpartnership.com right now and click on the big red Tell Me More button and find out how you can get men to do their part. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I'm excited to bring you our featured guest today, Wendy Newman. Wendy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ken. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's my pleasure. Wendy is actually a dating, sex, and relationship expert. She's led hundreds of workshops to thousands of people all over the world, and she's done extensive research with men to help understand their point of view. Wendy's a compassionate fellow dater. She navigated her way through 121 first dates before she met her partner, Dave. Matter of fact, her book is called that, 121 First Dates, How to Succeed at Online Dating, Fall in Love, and Live Happily Ever After. Really. It's kind of a a tell-all of her experience as well as a dating guide. Wendy, take a minute and fill in any blanks from that intro we just went through and, and give us a glimpse into your personal life, if you would. Yeah, thanks, Ken. It's interesting that I call myself a relationship expert when I went on 121 First Dates. I was single for a decade, and that sounds like it's a pretty lofty thing to say about myself, so I want to give you some different credentials. I want to talk about my day job for a moment. So after my marriage ended, it was a 12-year marriage, I walked out of that marriage, and the first thing I did was I walked into a hotel room for a weekend to do a two-day workshop so I could understand men better and really learn how to get the best out of men and work in partnership with men. And I did this workshop because, like many people I that have failed in a marriage, I didn't want to screw up the next one. I wanted it to be for life. So I needed tools. I knew I needed tools. So I did this workshop, and I fell so in love with the content that Alison Armstrong has created that I started working for the company right away, and I've worked there since 2002. So there I was, all of a sudden single, and learning all about men and studying men and finding out men's point of view and how to bring out the best in them. And I became a man expert as a single person, (laughs) started working in the dynamics and partnership and became a partnership expert in my day job as a single person. But it all turned out fine. It took me a really long time. It took me 121 first dates and a decade of dating to find the right person for me. And part of why it took so long is because I didn't want to change anybody. I didn't want to have have a relationship where I didn't get what I needed from it. And those two things alone took a lot of sorting. It took a lot from me and a lot from them to find out if we could be a good match. I really appreciate you sharing that because for me personally, one of the things that, that I find helps me stay on track uh, with my personal goals is is I love quotes. I love mantras, things that just really keep me focused. And I'm wondering, what's your favorite quote or mantra about partnership? One of the best parts of my partnership is Dave and I relate to each other like nobody's misbehaving ever. And in the three years that we've been together, 
neither one of us has ever been in trouble with each other because we're always coming from the space that we both mean well. And we want good things for each other. We're not undermining each other. Mm. I love that. That That is fantastic. And for those of you listening, I mean, just think about in your life. If you took that approach that nobody's misbehaving, how would that shift your interactions with virtually everyone that you experience where it might not make sense to you, but that doesn't mean they're misbehaving? Fantastic. I love that, Wendy. I want to jump into our stories because it's one of the things that our listeners love about this show. It's it's actually the stories that you as our guests share. And the first thing I want to explore is a time in your life when, well, you kind of tripped up in a partnership, you know, where what were you doing? What tripped you up? And then we can kind of expand on, on what you learned from that and how it's helped you move forward. So take us to that point in time. Sure. I think the biggest thing that has tripped me up in partnership was my 12-year marriage. And it's because of the way that I was, not because of the way that he was. And how I was, was controlling. And I wasn't mean about it, but I ran the show. I picked someone specifically who wanted someone who would run the show. And I did. And this came from my childhood. When I was a little girl, I had a single mother and it was just her and I, and there was really no demonstration of partnership in the world between a mom and dad. That was fine. It was the two of us. We did fine. She was a mom. She told me what to do. I was a kid. I did it (laughs) or not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then when I was seven, she married. And so it was a really impressionable age to see a model of partnership between a man and a woman. And what I learned at that age was that a man tells you what to do and you either do it or you don't do it because you want something else. And if you want something else than what he's telling you what to do, you just do what you want to do anyway. You don't have a conversation about it. You might get in trouble for it later, but you feign ignorance, say you didn't know, or you're willing to have a blow-up fight about it that lasts however long it lasts, but ultimately you got what you wanted anyway. That was my model of partnership. Sorry, Mom. Didn't mean to throw you under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. I was just with my family. I got to be with four women in my family, and one of the women said, your mother doesn't have an opinion. She's the one woman who I've never gotten an opinion out of her. And I laughed. I said, she has a million opinions. But 90% of them stay in her head. 10% of them stay under her breath. And the other 10%, did I say 90? Yeah, I don't know about the math, but whatever. 80 stay in her head. 10 come out of her mouth. And 10% under her breath. And when the ones that come out of her mouth, they're never to the person who needs to hear them. So I learned very quickly as a little girl that having needs and expressing them to a partner was not something you did. You just figured out a way to get what you needed on your own. And as I grew up, I thought this model does not look pretty. I don't want to fight. I don't want someone who's dominating me and making all the decisions to where I have to go behind their back to get what I need. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to find a man who is not dominating. 
I'm going to go out there and I'm going to find a man who's not going to push me around. I'm going to find a man that I could just say everything and I'm going to have my way. <laughs> and that's partnership. Oh, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding I'm holding my tongue here. Yeah, yeah. So my beloved ex-husband is adorable and kind, and I met him at 22, and I thought he was the best catch in the world because he was. He was a man that was not going to push me around. He was a man I could have my way. He was a man I could make life happen, and I did. I made her life happen, and by the time I was 35, I was exhausted, and as much as we loved each other and I always got my way, there was no partnership. And I had zero tolerance for any person to say, hey, wait a minute, let's look at this and see if that's really the right move for everybody. Or even let's look at this to see if this is truly the right move for you. And it's when I walked out of that marriage and went to the two-day workshop that I actually got to learn a little something about partnership and having needs, being able to express them, and to really look together to see that everyone gets what they need. When it, you know your your comments about the needs, it's it's probably the most common thing that I hear from our guests of what they tripped up on is actually not owning their needs and saying i i have I have something that's necessary for me to be able to be here or me to be able to be the best me in this relationship. And as you were talking, you reminded me of a. a a former housemate of mine who came home after a, a date with her boyfriend. She'd been dating a while and she just went on this rant, all these problems and so on and so forth. And I'm like, that is fantastic. You know exactly what you need, Suzanne, but you just told the wrong person. Yeah. And to her credit, she looked at me and kind of shook her head. She went upstairs and called him and told him exactly what was going on. And it totally changed their relationship on the spot. But how many times do we not do that? Many. It's the default, right? Oh, I've spoken what I needed. And it's like, but that person can't do anything about it. I'm her housemate. I'm not her, her boyfriend. Yeah, there's that. And then there's the other part where we decide we're going to look to them for what we need. Yes. Yeah, no. We're accountable for our own happiness. We're accountable for getting what we need. And I see too often that we give that away. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's switch gears a little bit, Wendy. What I'd like to do now is is dive into a story of a time when you had one of those duh moments. You know, when you're like, how did I miss this? How was I such a knucklehead and not see this? I had one the other day. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, it it was more just a misunderstanding between my partner and I. I... It was more of a partnership thing, not from anything I needed, but I read what he was responding to wrong. In, in other words, he acted a particular way and I kind of got my back up a little bit and I thought, well, my immediate thought to myself was maybe he just doesn't love me enough to do that. That's why he did that. And then I thought, wait a minute, that's a familiar voice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he doesn't love me enough. That's why he's doing that thing. And so I caught myself and I said, Hey, you know, you just did that thing. Can you tell me why that happened? And he said, Well, yeah, of course. It's because I don't want anyone to stand in my way while I do this thing for you. So 
it was it was he was getting me to the airport mm. and he was getting me to the airport in a way that I was surprised by and I took it personally and no actually it was the exact opposite of what I thought was happening he was doing it for me not against me he was doing it because he wanted everybody out of his way to get his girl where she needed to be <laughs> Yeah. So his intention and his motivation for the thing that triggered me was actually in his love for me. And it's important that I always pay attention to that inner voice that starts whining because that is my cue to speak and say, hey, out of curiosity, not out of blame, not out of pointing fingers, but out of curiosity, hey, can you tell me what's going on here? It's totally fine. I'm, I'm in good shape, but I just want to know what this is about. And because he and I have a really tight relationship and that, that it's clean in our communication, he's very clear that he can respond to me and not be in trouble. Even if the response is, well, you're being a jerk right now. <laughs> he's never said that to me, but he could. You know, He wouldn't be in trouble. So because of the tone I take with him of curiosity, and the fact that he always knows he's never in trouble with me, is never in the doghouse, he can say whatever there is to say that's true for him. And it cleans things right up because usually the first place I go in my head is not real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you make such a good point of, you know, when you get that, what you call that whiny voice in your head, it's time to check in because, again, nobody's misbehaving. So... There's got to be a good reason behind this. It's just not clear to you at the time. So how do you take that second and, and, and stop and slow down? Do you have any tricks you use for that? I don't have any tricks for that because it's an automatic trigger now. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it gets missed. But I will tell you that we do together, Dave and I, have a trick that keeps this easy and keeps it available to us. Because if we just lived our life out of this core place of no one's misbehaving, but we didn't check in about it, I think that would very quickly deteriorate. But Dave and I have what's called a full moon ritual that we do every full moon. And luckily for us, every full moon happens at least once a month. (laughs) (laughs) And on that night, or if one of us is traveling somewhere around that night, when we're back together, we get together and we have this really delicious meeting, a meeting of the minds that we usually start with a really juicy meditation to get kind of together. And we're California wooey people. So we (laughs) we connect with each other and with the moon and it's really lovely. And then once we're all feeling like we're in this safe, warm, lovely wooey bubble, we ask each other a series of 15 questions and they're always the same 15 questions and they go back and forth and back and forth. And one of the, my favorite questions is, is there anything you need from me that you're finding hard to get? Mm. And another really great question is, hey, what did you make up about me or us this month? Because we just make stuff up, you know? And because we do this ritual every month, it's like light housekeeping to make sure that there isn't anything that's eating at us that we don't even notice that's eating at us. Or if something not pleasant has happened, you might notice, Ken, that there's never a good time to bring up something unpleasant is happening or I'm getting irked about something or maybe I'm just going to 
I don't want to talk about this now with him. Maybe I'll just sit on it. Maybe it'll get better. Maybe I'll just sweep it under the rug. Right? That That's never good. So we just have that opportunity to check under all the corners of the rug and make sure the house is clean. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yes, and and, and your comment about, you know, it's never good to just push it aside. To me, I always say that's winding the time bomb. Yeah. It's just starting to tick. Because it's going to, and when it goes off, it's going to be way bigger than the thing that caused it. And nobody will understand what that's about. Exactly. Yeah, it just explodes. So, well, that's pretty cool. I love the, the, the ritual that you guys have. And obviously, everybody can come up with their own. But really awesome to check in. And like you said, do light housekeeping. Just kind of check in so it doesn't become a big, nasty, huge chore. That's, yeah. that's cool. I love that. Let me ask you this, though. I, I want you to, to share with us a story of one of your proudest partnership moments. And it can be anything, romantic, family, career, you name it. But what's a partnership moment that when you think of it, it makes you smile? One of the partnership moments that makes me smile is the commitment ceremony that Dave and I had. We decided that we weren't going to get married. And one of the reasons we decided that was we wanted to not just do a default I do till that's you part thing, but we really wanted to look at our lives together and who we are as people and what we're committing to for this second half of our life. And so we really looked at our needs and created our vows around what we wanted to commit to and what we were not willing to commit to. And I just found it to be one of the most delicious partner moments ever where we just really got to be straight about who we are, what we're committed to, what we want to provide and what we're not interested in providing. Even if the rest of the world is providing it for each other, I don't cook. I'm never providing that. So (laughs) 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 there's a lot of things I don't do. There's a lot of things I do do that is, isn't necessarily quote unquote normal. So we decided to, just really create it, cook it up fresh for ourselves and design our partnership from scratch. I like that. That's cool because I think it's one of the things we lose sight of a lot of times is how individual partnerships are. And the fact that, yeah, there's guidelines and some ideas and some things you've seen in your life that might kind of, you know, point you in one direction. But ultimately, if it's really going to honor the the two of you in that partnership, it's, well, it's got to be your specific flavor, not your parents or your churches or somebody else's, but you've got to find those nuances that make it really support who you are so both of you can be the, the fullest expression of yourself. So I love that. That's really cool. Now, I know we've been talking a lot about past experiences in partnerships, so let's bring the conversation into the present. And what I'd love for you to share with us is one partnership that's really exciting in your life right now? Oh, the partnership with my book publisher, believe it or not. Wow. I know. You know, in the olden days, publishers would publish books and then promote them and put authors on tour. And nowadays, that's not happening. And they don't do very much for you. And I really decided to tell my publisher, look, I know I'm just another author at Simon & Schuster of the 10,000 books you're putting out this year, 
But I want you to know, I want to be in partnership with you. You all don't have the budget to do what you used to do in the 80s and the 70s. You're working on a new model, but let's work together on an even different new model. How about this? How about I kickstart fund a book tour and that'll be my part. And another part that will be my part is I'm putting myself out there. I'm going to get myself on the plane. I'm going to get myself on television. I'm going to get myself in the bookstores for readings. But your part, I need you to have a part in this. And they said, you're going to do all that for us? And I said, yes. And they said, well, if you're willing to do all that for us, then we're willing to step in and get you publicity and get you in bookstores and throw our name around to get you on television. So that isn't a normal model in today's world. And a lot of people are looking at the situation saying, I can't believe you're doing so much work for them. But I'm looking at it more as a collaboration of what the company and I are doing together that's bringing a new model that could work and that could get work out in the world in a much bigger way than what's happening. I think a lot of what's happening now is traditional publishers are putting books out and authors are saying, yep, my book's out. I hope it sells. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just reach out to my mailing list one more time. (laughs) So that's my favorite partnership right now is this active building that this company and I are doing together. I love it. And two things that really stand out for me. One is just the fact that clearly, I mean, prior to this, we've been talking about, you know, personal relationships, but it can also be a partnership with a business. And what I love most about what you just shared with us, Wendy, is you gave us a great example of how nobody else knows what you need. You've got to let them know, I need this from you, and I'm willing to contribute in this way, what are you going to put into the mix so we can actually have a partnership? And I think there's that romantic ideal that's way too pervasive in our culture of, oh, people will just know what we need. It's just like people are looking for their ideal job, hoping some company offers it. Right. The reality is all the company wants to do is fill the position. They don't have any idea what your ideal job would be. You have to let them know. And a lot of times we'll be like, oh, yeah, we can do that. We would have never guessed that's what you needed, but not a problem. You can work four days a week and commute from home half the time or whatever. So it's it's one of those things where it is a two-way street. We both have to be part of the partnership. And you just gave us such a great, great example of that. Thank you very, very much. Yeah, you're welcome. Wendy, we've arrived at the bringing it all home portion of the show. And this is where we actually step away from the stories And now we provide simple, concrete guidance for our listeners so they can improve their partnerships right now. And where I want to start is, what's the best partnership or relationship advice you've ever received? To get brave and to speak about what you really want, need, and desire in ways that can be heard by being clear, not telling the whole story when I was seven and I saw my mom and dad, like I told you the whole story, right? (laughs) (laughs) Be very clear. Here's what I need. And this is why, or simply here's what I need. Another favorite thing that I learned is you can have needs and it doesn't matter why you don't need to have a really good reason why now it doesn't mean that people are going to provide them for you. You know, if you have a need that you don't, 
that isn't going to be provided by someone that's just not, you're just not going to be in partnership with them. So I really loved the freedom to need what I need without saying why. And it just brings a crisp, clean clarity to it. It doesn't make it more weighty. I think a why weights it down. And you can move with people to see if they're willing to help provide what you need or not and pay attention to what they need in return or what they need first. Good point. I love it. Need what you need without having to say why. That's great. I'm sure that you've got some some personal habits or behaviors that you do that really contribute to the success in your partnerships. Can you share one of those with us? Keeping myself in good shape is one of the hardest things that I am working on. You know, I have a routine of meditating 11 minutes a day. I know 11 minutes isn't very much, but <laughs> I'm not growing that number either. I'm not trying to build up to anything. 11 minutes. <laughs> it's been 11 minutes for years. So meditating 11 minutes, writing in my journal three things I'm grateful for every morning, working out in the gym or going for a three-mile hike in the city, those are the things that really take the best care of me, and I have a really hard time hitting that every day. So I think the best thing we can do for everybody, including ourselves and our partners, is to be in top shape so you have the capacity and be at the top of your game for what's coming at you. And those are the three things that I would do to be the top of my game if I'm, you know, hitting 100%. Nice. Sometimes we got to put ourselves first in order to be the best for somebody else. That's awesome. I know you've got a website, Wendy, and I'm, I'm wondering, what would you recommend for me or for any of our listeners? If I were to go to your website right now, what's something you would say to check into that, that would help me have a better day today? Well, if you went to my website right now, the best thing you could do is go to the products page and look at my full moon ritual and download it and create your own from the 15 questions that I have there. You can steal, borrow, or create things from the ideas that spark from what I have on the page. Great. I love that. I was actually going to ask you about that. So cool. I don't yep. have to ask you. <laughs> so, right so I want to make sure we, we give some resources for the folks listening. And, and one of the things, obviously, your book's an amazing book. But outside of your book, what book or resource would you recommend to the listeners and, and why? How does it contribute? I would recommend Keys to the Kingdom by Alison Armstrong because it will help men and women understand each other better and how to communicate in ways that work for the opposite sex. Excellent. I'm a big fan of that book myself, so <laughs> I would definitely second that. Yeah. And what would be your parting advice for our listeners? Be bold and don't sit on it. If there's something that's going on that you just feel so uncomfortable to tell your partner, and when I say partner, I mean anyone in your life, a friend, a business colleague, your husband, your wife, it, don't sit on it. They need to know. And honest to God, they probably have no idea that you need that or that you, you might be irked or upset by that. And they want to give you what you need. That's why they're in your life. Thank you. That's, that's fantastic. And Wendy, I have to say, I mean, clearly you have so much to share 
Would you do me a favor? Would you let our listeners know how can they contact you and learn more about what you do? Sure. My website, wendyspeaks.com, that's W-E-N-D-Y-S-P-E-A-K-S.com, is the headquarters of everything Wendy. So I have a lot of free advice there. I have products and workshops, and, and that's where you can also find access to me. Excellent. And for those of you listening, you can just go to the Speaking of Partnership webpage, type Wendy's name into the search bar. You could probably just type Wendy and it'll go straight to her episode page. It'll have all those links for you. Um, Wendy, thank you so much. Your stories, your insights, they've been incredible. I know I've learned a lot from you just in these few minutes and I know our listeners have too. Thank you very much for being on the show today. Thanks, Ken. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Excellent. You're very welcome. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. I release a brand new episode every Monday through Friday, so make sure you don't miss a single show. Go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher and iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else, either in person or on the web. Have a great day, and remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.